You're listening to Aramis Projects podcast with Swedish artist Fanny Helgren, whom I called over Skype to talk about her series of works, Wittering Postures, exhibited at Neven Gallery in Göteborg, Sweden. Hi. Hey. Do you hear me well? Yes. It seems like I'm hearing you. Can you hear me? That is Fanny Heldren. And this is Artemis Projects Podcast, where we feature conversations with artists and art theorists from around the world. This podcast was recorded on the Gadigal land of Eora Nation. And we pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. In this podcast, Helgren talks about the inspiration behind her working methodology, the question of archiving the impermanent works, and how she tries to defy the rules of gravity. We also address Oscar Wilde's quote, All art is quite useless. And Agnes Martin's, that art is the concrete representation of our most subtle feelings. But before all this, I ask Fanny to tell us a bit about her practice in general and what are some of the key themes she explores through it. My practice is an uh, investigation of the human in relation to the material world, how we relate to our surrounding in, in various ways, like our physical surrounding. I also explore the medium that I'm working with, tradition and possibilities and maybe limitations of that medium. These kind of material processes I find very uh, fascinating. Material in, or matter in transformation. Processes of evaporation and decay and processes that all relate to time in different ways. current work that is exhibited in Neven Gallery is uh, very much speaking to those interests. Uh, here you have been working with newsprint, so with paper as a material. Could you describe this work a bit to us who can't actually see it? It's a body of work or a series of works made of paper pulp. Most of the works are wall-based, somewhere in between sculpture and drawing. And also there's one sculptural work on the floor, which is with wasty reinforcement net and fragments of papers. And how are these things, uh, how are these works made? Well, they are made out of paper that I 
tear into pieces or that I find and I make mixture out of it so that it becomes like a paper pulp, which is like really um, sloggy mixture with glue and water and paper. So it's almost like, um, not like a clay, but uh, a, a sloggy mixture somehow that I make new sheets of paper out of. And I form these wet sheets of papers in different ways, following the, the material and the shape of these sheets. And then they dry for one or two days and becomes like very fragile, thin papers that has these textures and holes and traces from the process in different ways. And I also, I usually add some pigments in it acrylics colors that makes different nuances in the papers and also when I make the sheets in the water I mix two different colors in the water so that it has this almost marble effect on the papers which you can see in the how the colors are changing. How do you go about picking the color? Is there a color that you tend to work with more regularly? Is there a color that means something to you in your practice? Or do you mix them up? I mix them up quite a lot, I think. I mean, I usually work with quite pale colors, not very strong colors. That is also kind of balance I'm trying to find. As I add the color to the material, it becomes kind of... um, pale and not so strong and also I wouldn't add the color afterwards paint them or add color to the surface of the works because then you wouldn't feel like the presence of the material as evident somehow which is kind of the important part in the work the agency of the paper pulp and the materials what they are and what they are expressing in themselves somehow Which brings me to this um, question you have mentioned that the pulp is shaped into a form, into a new form, and that this new form is actually derived from following the material. What do you have in mind when you speak about following the material? I start with the material very physically, practically, and uh, I work with one feeling or one word that I'm trying to express that corresponds to the material I'm working with. As in this, when I've been working with paper pulp, I would say I've been looking for a feeling of disintegration or fragility in the material, and I'm I'm trying to follow those uh, qualities of the paper, which I feel like it really has and expresses. About following the material, it's also, I guess, in relation to a this tradition of the artist expressing itself through the material. I'm trying to work in another kind of tradition that is more about the material having an agency and letting it express itself somehow. That it's a dialogue with me and the material and how I make a move and it responds. And especially with the paper, I think paper as a material, like the tradition of the paper, It's a material of communication and messages of of written language. Paper is used to communicate with written language. And when you read something from paper, the written language is like higher in hierarchy than the paper because you, you don't really read the paper, you read the language. But then 
uh, in these works by mixing up the paper and, and like making it very much physical and very much like vivid somehow. I tried to suggest a material reading of the paper instead of a reading of a written language somehow. And how do you know in this, you speak about dialogue and you speak about organic process, which I described when we spoke a bit about this before as a dance. You have an intention and then you communicate that intention to the paper and paper responds and then you respond and the paper responds again. And it's an ongoing exchange where both you listen to the paper and in a way the material listens to you and responds to you as well. So I'm curious how in this process of exchange, how do you know when the time to stop is, when the process is finished? Mm. Well, I, um, well, first of all, it's really like, I can change the work as long as it's wet, but then when it takes a while for the works to dry and then while it's dried, it's, that's why I kind of see the result of the works. But I can also like make them wet again and change them again. So sometimes I do it back and forth. But um, I'm trying to not overdo it, to overdo the work, because I kind of want them to be this direct gestures and to not overdo it. But it's really, yeah, it's really a dialogue. It really depends on like how patient I am. And it's not necessarily better or worse, but some days I'm, I'm very patient and then the works turn out in one way and then some days I do it like very roughly. And also it's the same like as well as I have my mood, it's also like the mood of the material somehow. Because I'm not very like precise and I don't have like a recipe that I follow. I make it kind of different. The paper pulp becomes kind of different also depending on which paper is in the mixture and that also depends the result of the work which is a, a part of it also I, I think a lot of things can happen by accident during the process which leads me onwards somehow so it's a kind of searching process but I mean I make a lot of works that I really like Ooh, this was terrible but um, I don't know it when I make it it always occurs afterwards so when I make it I try to not have this judgmental ideas because um, sometimes you can really get a surprising result somehow if you just try to be in the process of making. I guess intuition comes into that space. Is intuition something that is important to you in your practice? Yes very much I think I have a very intuitive process definitely. And is there a way that you can encourage this state of intuitive self? Is there something like a ritual that you do in order to bring yourself into the center from which you can be more intuitive? Something that helps that space or even something that obstructs it that you notice that actually comes in a way of intuition? I think it's just I would need to have like... A routine of working I need to have things going on in the studio uh, if I'm not there for a week or something it all feels kind of distant I mean that can be really good as well like sometimes you really need different perspectives and 
do other things, but um, these in intuitive process and activities ha all happens when I'm very into what I'm doing and really accidents in the process leads me in another direction. Given that the process is organic and accidental and you don't know where it will actually land, it seems to me like there can't be a failure in this process. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of failures, but uh, the failures are very welcome because I'm not looking for like a perfect result or so to say. And I think a lot of interesting things are happening in these the unplanned and yeah as you were mentioned that the this accident so i guess it depends on how you what you think of as a failure or not but uh, failures can really lead somewhere these things that you can't really plan but uh, for example like the reason i started working with rust now is because I realized that uh, when I made the paper pulp and I mixed uh, these uh, old journals and uh, newspapers, there are still some samples in the, um, the mixture, which ends up in the final works. And then these samples becomes all rusty and so it's like rusty dots somewhere in the papers that I thought was really... Um, Really nice, like the pigments of these uh, samples. So that's where how I came to start working with rust in the paper and imprints from rust. So being like alert somehow or noticing these kind of things can really lead forward somehow in the process. But if the failure becomes a part of the practice, then is there a risk taking in this kind of art making? Uh, how do you mean with risk-taking? Because you integrate failure as part of the work. It's um, welcomed, as you say. So is there real potential of failing then? Not that it has to be. I'm, you know, it doesn't have to be. It's just I'm curious whether, whether the, this kind of work can open itself to something like that or is it a way to avoid it or or is it about something else a lot of the works i do don't really turn out as something uh, something interesting or i just like a lot of my works are discarded by me but that's also the i mean what i do in the studio is um, one part of the process of making the works but what I choose to exhibit, for example, or what I choose to continue with and what, what I discard is also like a part of the process, a process of like sorting out and deciding somehow what, what is interesting and not. And how do you go about this? How do you go about deciding what is interesting? What is it that you're searching for? What do you find interesting? What do you find effective in works? Uh, that's really that's hard to articulate somehow it's I guess it's really like uh, feeling based somehow or intuitive in a way but I think those works that I feel are not trying to express too many things at the same time that they are somehow pure in what they are expressing and what feeling they are expressing I'm searching for that for the feeling yeah the 
strongly expressing something and not too many things at the same time. But I'm, I don't immediately, or some works, I immediately know that, okay, this wasn't a successful work. But I always save all of the works, or most of the works, depends on space also, but they can become parts of new works or I can like start working with them in different ways or you know sometimes it's also good to make works and you have them in your studio and then after a while you can like start interacting with them in a different way. Now for instance I, I work more with metal and then I can combine these works that I didn't really know what I thought about some months ago and I can remake them with the metal and try to be more like try things out and uh, mm. so there is lots of reusing recycling yeah definitely so that's also good because when you when you've just made a work you're um you can be kind of you have some kind of uh respect for it for or when you but then when you have like a pile of old works after a while you feel kind of uh, tired of them and then you just want to do something um, instinctively and try something and sometimes that becomes really interesting because it's it's this instant act or idea that you just try something and it becomes uh, becomes like a new work and in the end, lots of your work is actually quite big in its scale. For example, these withering postures become a sort of wall sculptures or wall tapestries, and they're almost two meters tall. So I'm wondering if scale is important to you. Um, yeah, the scale makes a really big difference. With these paperworks, for instance, I have one wall-based work that is the scale of my body it's like 165 centimeters and uh, I think 115 centimeters broad and that scale becomes like you relate it to your body in a very direct way also since the surface of these works are very it has this um, structure and uh, almost like a, a landscape with little holes and forms shapes in different ways and they're almost like a skin or something like some people have made the associations to like an elephant skin or something when they see these works so then it becomes really related to your body but also in the very small works like for instance i have one a really small work that is relating more to the hand the size of the hand and how it's shaped it basically it, it looks like, or it is a wet paper that I've just crumpled like in my hand, crushed with my hand. So it really expresses that simple gesture of the hand. Yeah, so the scale makes a huge difference. That brings me to a tour that I had when I looked at the works. They were quite visceral for me. I felt them not only through the gaze, but also through the body. And you just spoke about the body, how the scale relates to the body of the viewer, how viewers' experience works through their skin. And that's exactly what I felt. I felt 
that there is this remnant of your hand left in them and they have this texture and tactility so I'm drawn to want to step closer and touch them and feel them and it reminds me of my own materiality and lots of your works are about these material qualities and impermanence and fragility of the body, of the matter, changeability of the matter. Is this visceral response, is the return to the body something that you want to encourage? So we are not just gazing at works, but feeling them physically? That's what I really hope for somehow, or that's like my experience of making the works. It's that agency of the material that I'm trying to emphasize in the work somehow. But also return to the body. Because I feel that lots of art is very distant from us. We just gaze at it and we contemplate it, trying to understand what it is, trying to put it into words. And with your works, I feel that I don't need to overanalyze them, that I don't need to know what they are about, but I can feel what they are about. I can sense them rather than know them. Mm, that's, that's nice. That's definitely my, the hope of what I want my work to do somehow and what I appreciate myself also. Sometimes when I go to exhibitions, I feel like when you know that there is a text to read about the work, background and information about the works, and you read that text before you really experience the work sensorily. And then when you've read that text, you that also affects like how you understand the works very intellectually but I think there's um, something um, important about feeling them, simply feeling yeah definitely and uh, a lot of people also they, when I've shown the images of the, the works, they don't really understand, like they have so many questions of how they because from you viewing these works on photos you don't really get the sense of them neither. It's very different when you explore them in, in reality, when you really meet them. It's, uh, it's really about the, the physicality of the works. About the presence. Yes. And that's actually another feeling that I had. And I haven't seen works in person, but I did think about them a lot writing for your catalogue. I spent quite a lot of time imagining what I would feel like in person. And one thing that really stood out was this idea of presence. And it's because the works are actually impermanent. They will eventually actually disintegrate. The material is ephemeral and with the time the works will not exist anymore. Knowing that and feeling that and sensing that feels to me like you have suspended time and there is this feeling of halt, of pause, which... I experience is a sensation of silence and stillness. And I asked you this question before, and it was left in silence, but I will ask you again. What role does silence play in your work? Um, yes. <laughs> I, um, I still think that's really a hard question. I don't know. I mean... Um, um, I guess it could have to do with listening also or with presence as we spoke about before like 
to really be present with the work and really listen to it or see it, but without maybe think about it too much or over-intellectualize it. This is exactly what you do. You listen to the material. You don't assert your intellectual intention. You suspend thoughts in a way. And that's exactly, for me, a definition of silence, of working in the state of silence. And that's connected to intuition, I feel, as well. To come away from overthinking to a silent space where you can actually allow for the material to speak to you and to listen and yeah mm, yeah I mean when when you speak or when you mention the word silence I really think of um, John Cage and his works on silence what our ideas of silence is but what really happens when you encounter silence and that there is really no silence, you start to hear things, you start to see things when you become um, present somehow. Yeah, exactly. Talking about silence and listening, I'm wondering if you find this process of talking about your works and analyzing them through words eventually, like we are doing now, or you will do in a couple of days at the gallery as part of the exhibition. Do you find it useful or do you find it unnecessary? And I'm asking because I know there are some artists who, because they're visual artists, because they express themselves visually in the world, they think that this necessity to put everything in words is counterproductive. And as you were saying, you know, for us, the audience actually reading things can actually take away from experience because it blocks the meaning. It kind of locks it into one thing and there is nothing else that we can then see or feel. So how do you feel about reflecting on your process through words? It's not my favorite part of the of the working with this but uh, but I think it's really important and really it's also I mean I, I think it's hard to articulate things sometimes but it's an important part of the work when it meets the audience and how they can understand it or what their like ideas and interpretations of the works are and uh, I do feel like through finding words and ways of speaking about it sometimes or for some people it makes it easier for them to like interpret the works or or um, understand them somehow to understand how i made them how what i think about them and what about from your perspective do you find it that having time to reflect on works for yourself even but often it's done in conversation with someone else that it helps you just clarify maybe some thoughts that you had around it and that it helps you maybe in creation of further works and would your practice be different if you didn't have this reflective opportunity yeah definitely I think it's really important part of it because it's also it also has an effect on my work when I start to articulate and when I start to I mean it's it's a constant it feeds each other somehow. These works are, um, it's not only like a physical, practical making, it's, it's a very 
intellectual process, but not always in an articulated way. I, I articulate my feelings and thoughts in a material way or through the, the understanding of these, working with these materials. But when I, when I articulate, when I talk about it, when I have a discussion with people, I think that really makes me understand what my interest is in which has an effect on my works, like to make them even more precise, deeper somehow. It's like a process of psychoanalysis in a way, bringing unconscious things to consciousness so you can work in the future with more awareness of where the things come from. And then you come to new things that are totally unconscious, but you keep jumping over those obstacles, I guess, in a way if there are obstacles or maybe just things that are still in the shadow, things that are still not clear come to the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, somehow. There's this quote by uh, Agnes Martin where she says that art is the most concrete expression of our most subtle feelings. Hmm. Talking about quotes, has there been a sentence in your life that has shifted you profoundly and changed everything, really pricked you in a way? Um, I don't think so. I mean, there's a, so many things that affect you all the time. And like sometimes these like quotes and uh, phrases can really make you feel like you understand something that is quite complex. But um, I think... That is also always like the result of a process of that you have been thinking about something and you have your experience of something and then you can relate to these quotes somehow. But I'm not like a, I'm not really a quote collector. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think about this quote? I just came across when I was um, preparing for our interview and I want to ask you a bit more things around this idea of what art means to you in your practice and how you see its social role I guess but there is this quote from Oscar Wilde who said that all art is quite useless mm, well yeah I mean it's um, art doesn't really have a function which is why it's important somehow that it's something in society outside of the limitations of the system somehow, something that doesn't fill a function. But I do think it can be, it can be useful in a, in a different way, but not like for a functional, practical reason, like table or something. And how can it be useful? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> I think it's very, that's very individual. What motivates you to make art? Um, how is it useful for you? Well, that's, that's, um, I mean, I, it feels like I should be able to answer that question, but it's also a really big question and it's easy to sound pretentious or something. I don't want to speak of art making as different from other jobs or like that it's um, more meaningful or something because I think meaning is really, you have to find 
your own meaning somehow in in whatever you do and but um for me in in doing art and uh, making art and and viewing art it generates a sense of of meaning that also like uh, uh, yeah I don't I don't I really don't want to talk about art in the in like in that um in those very like big terms I don't know mm. I respect that I think that's um um the fact that it's not really like that is what makes it what it is do you feel that there is a sort of alchemy to the things that you do and I'm using this term because it's another thought that was constantly coming back to me because you work with this quite modest material newsprint it's basically a material that we consider to be waste we find it cheap and then you transform it into something that is precious that is beautiful that is placed in a gallery which whether we want it or not, kind of says it is precious in some way. It's definitely more precious than a newsprint ever was. What are your thoughts around that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think alchemy is really interesting uh, interpretation or association to my work. I mean, the transformation of materials is really a starting point in my practice somehow, a fascination for that. And it is kind of magical when you really start to think about these things, like how how metal and moisture or water can create the rusty and how like this circulation of materials somehow. But uh, I wouldn't say I try to remake these materials so that they become precious. I rather try to make people rethink of what materials can be of value and what can be beautiful. There is constantly this hierarchy of materials. Some materials are valuable and beautiful and some are not, but I think that can be really changed somehow. There is so so much potential somehow in these materials that are leftovers of society the residues, the parts that we throw on the street or the the parts that doesn't really fit, to kind of see the value in those residues and try to create beauty out of that. You're talking about emphasizing also the properties of materials. And you said that when you work you often work with one single feeling or word that you want to express at that given time. And at the beginning of the interview, you said that the word that was coming up to you in relation to these works is fragility. And I know that a couple of other themes that feature in your practice a lot are impermanence and temporality, or what time does to matter. And vittering postures are an example of this because, as I mentioned earlier, they're left in this state of still being alive, still breathing, because they're made of this ephemeral material that will eventually, with time, disintegrate. 
which means it works in a few years' time will not actually exist. Why is this impermanence and this temporality and this idea that basically when you are gone, the works won't be there? And to many artists, it's so important to have actually a trace left many, many years after they are not here anymore. Mm. Well, I think uh, it depends. Like I make, I make works that are more permanent as well, but I think it, it adds to this uh, the poetic sense to the work somehow. It adds to the idea of the materials as uh, a part of a constant circulation of life. I really like the work of Eva Hesse, for instance. It's of course. It's sad somehow that most of her, her works, almost all of them, are very like doesn't exist anymore because she worked with so ephemeral materials. But it's also really something really poetic about that. I think she was so occupied with the process of making these works that she didn't really care about the life of them somehow. And I think, for instance, a materialist bronze like traditional sculptural material. There have been so many processes before, from clay or something to the form and then the wax and then the bronze. And in the end, the sculpture is so far away from the hand, from the original work somehow. And I want the hand and the making of the work present in the work somehow. And that's why I also like these kind of ephemeral materials or materials that I can really work very directly with as the sculpture in the exhibition with the reinforcement net, for instance, is also really direct because it's this net that I've just bent with my like the weight of my body very directly in a few gestures so it's really direct somehow when i'm thinking about this idea of ephemerality and you mentioned eva hess and how there is this poetic force in the works that are not permanent and i think there is something to do with the fact that these works are in a way more true and what I mean by that is that we can relate to this because we are not permanent. And there is a sense of poeticism and probably melancholy in that, you know, the fact that we are all subjected to time. And yeah, maybe there is beauty in that truth. And people often speak about art in relation to truth, to coming to the essence, I guess. Of things but then when we talk about impermanent works like performance art is one example that often comes up you know these are works that happen once and you see them and then they're gone the thing that often is raised when it comes to impermanent works is this concept of archiving and documenting how do you deal with these questions with your works? Like, how will you document? And does it even matter to you that these wittering postures, for example, are archived in some way? Because if impermanence is of interest, then do they need to be archived? Or is it really just that they belong to their own time and you have seen them or um, otherwise you can't experience them? Because also it kind of links to that discussion we had 
about the importance of physical experience of works, of actually experience them in the space. Yeah, I think my works are very much made to be experienced physically. I want the work to really express its presence somehow and the physicality of them. So I, I rarely have these traditional exhibition um, modules or like frames and glasses and podiums and stuff, which also makes makes it hard to like uh, perceive the works somehow. But I can show the same pieces in different exhibitions and combine them in different ways. But then that will be almost like a new piece somehow if I make more installational work. How do you, uh, one practical question, because the works are so fragile, how do you transport them from one space to the other? Um, yeah, that's a, sometimes it's, it's quite complicated <laughs> with um, the paperworks because they can't really be rolled. But I mean, I transport them by car. Like I, I haven't transported them to another city yet or country at least. Like I, so far I've always like, um, transport them myself. We were talking about risk in your practice. I guess that's one. <laughs> they might not reach the destination in one piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really make it quite complicated for myself sometimes. But uh, these practical things always comes in second hand somehow or second second place. I try not to think too much about that when I make the work. Because that would be very limiting somehow. And I mean, you have to work with work with limits and practical things as well. But I think when you develop the works, you may find reasons or solutions for afterwards somehow. I wanted to actually ask you about these limits and obstacles in art practices. And I want to ask the question if there is one major or single or most important obstacle that you are trying to push against in your own practice? I don't know if there's one big, I mean, but um, of course it would be nice to be able to change some rules of gravity. Mm. Rules of gravity, that would be amazing. Where do you, how, how does gravity feature in your work? What obstacle does gravity create? Well, I think um, this physical loss of nature is something that is very much like present in the working with with sculptural and materials and how they react on um, weight and and I mean that's also a question of balance. You always try to find in your work somehow and. With my these paperworks, for instance, like the the ones that we will be showing in the um, exhibition, is quite quite solid still. Some of them, but with some more recent works, I've been really trying to push the limit of um, making works that are on the on the limit of falling apart. That they are really pushing that limit somehow with how many holes and how fragile can these paperworks be but still somehow stick together so that is like a constant balance to try to find that balance somehow and also if they if they fall apart when they doesn't succeed to 
hold up themselves to stick together that's also like a a response of of nature somehow a response of these natural forces and I, then i have to like answer to that response somehow and that's a part of the dialogue if there was a question you would like to be asked about this body of the work what would it be from the uh, from the like the viewers or could be from viewers could be from anyone um i don't know i um i think i i would like the viewer to get questions from the works rather than me to get questions and i hope that my works can open up questions for people towards themselves or open up feelings i really appreciate when people make their own interpretations and like that people may feel free to let the works speak to them somehow and have their own response i mean i have my my ideas and my thoughts about my works but i think as soon as i exhibit the works i've left it to the audience to make their interpretations their own associations that's also part of the dialogue Thank you for listening to Artemis Projects podcast. For more about our projects, head to artemisprojects.com.au.